you know, it was uh, such a blessing actually coming down here. Uh, Wayne Bond and I actually came down here at about nine on Friday night to set up for men's breakfast. And my daughter, Abby, had preached that night, which is just so cool. And, um, you know, it was really cool to come down and not be allowed in the main room because there was prayer. Young people have been ministered to. There's counseling. There's just amazing shepherding happening from our youth leaders. Um, I think we should just give them a, just, a, a, just a, a real shout of praise and youth pastors and um, it is, it's such a blessing as a pastor to come into a church that you're not allowed into because God's moving. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but God is doing amazing things um, in our church family. And He is continuing. You know, there's, there's a flow for us as a church to jump into. And I think that's what Jess was really saying this morning, um, what what she didn't know was that I was going to talk about uh, water today, which is kind of cool. I want to talk about wells. Um, if you're new to uh, faith, to Christianity, um, and to the Bible, even I'm just going to do. We're going to do. We're going to touch some mountaintops that you might not have a grid for today. Um, and that's just going to be how it is. And I'm sorry, you might have to just go home and read um, some more and some of the verses and just kind of like do a little bit of work. But I'm really bringing a word for our church family. Um, and then we want to have a time just to respond and to go deeper um, with him this morning. Um, so uh, what, what Janet Chambers did in 2003 um, when she came into this church was actually prophesy over this church. Um, and and, and uh, she said this, we've, we've got this word for word, you're building a large secure structure while trying to tap into an under, un, unknown underground river. Um, trying and trying, not quite getting it. This is 20 years ago. <laughs> um, and when, so we're not talking physical river here, obviously. This is a metaphor, <laughs> a metaphor for the river of heaven, right? The, 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 the levels of the presence of God, the outpouring of His Spirit. She said, more prayers needed. More, with prayer, God directs the tapping in. And when you hit that underground river, the force of water gushes up like a geyser high into the air. It looked like striking oil. As a result, some areas of the structure appeared very water damaged, things knocked about, disheveled. The flow was quite uncontrollable initially, and it was noticed by the community. Isn't that a powerful word? That God is actually, as we seek Him and as we deep dig into Him, His response is to turn up. His response is to be God. And she, she put this scripture from Jeremiah 30 here alongside it. Uh, verse 5, the voice trembling in panic, a violent demonstration of God's power. Wow. Verse 8, um, oppressors, yokes broken, bonds broken. Verse 16, enemies devoured, demonic dealt with. Um, it was amazing to be praying with someone here last Sunday morning and just see deliverance happen. So, uh, actually, a spiritual transaction happened, and someone got free and healed, and there was freedom made, um, immediately. 
Um, verse 17, a healing flow results in the fear of God, healing of hearts, deliverance, physical healings. Verse 19, out of them, and this is out of the, what God's doing in this, in this uh, chapter, there be a city and a palace we will come with songs of thanksgiving and I'll multiply them. I'll also glorify them and they shall not be small. Um, you know, this is just great pictures of what God wants to do. Um, Deb and I went to America a few years ago and a lady we met over there, Jedediah Therna, uh, she uh, started praying for us. What's that? Jana. Her son was Jedediah. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, Jana, if you're watching. Uh, and and she said, oh, I've just had a, I had a dream of you guys in the night and it was like you guys were digging and you were digging in the ground and you were digging for a well and there was a, you hit an underground well and the water shot up and everyone noticed and I went, oh, like this other prophetic word that we're stewarding here. Um, we've been stewarding this word for so many years and um, we believe uh, that the move of God is both both a word of His Spirit and of the Word. Um, and and we, at church, we camp around the Word. We want the Word to become live and active and sharp in our lives. But we also, we want to be, we're a spirit being. We are body, soul, and spirit. We connect deeply to God through our spiritual um, our spiritual self. And I'd even say the Bible's been an absolute, as, as I would, you know, I wouldn't be who I am without the Word. But God's, God, Jesus, I met Jesus in a spiritual, spiritual moment, in a moment of worship, standing on the outside, looking in, and I had a transaction, an encounter in my spirit man. Um, and, and God wants to speak to your spirit. He wants our spirits to come alive in Him in a new way. And for us to actually carry as a church collectively to hold and steward this well of revival that I believe God wants to birth through this church. Um, this is a part of who we are. We are a church that believes in revival. And that, and you know, there's manifestations that can happen in revival, and you know, Pentecostal things happen. But this is all about the power and the presence of God touching our lives and bringing transformation, bringing dead things back to life. Um, I want to jump into Genesis 21 here, um, and this is the story of Hagar and um, Ishmael, and Hagar um, was. Um, a slave, really, in the context of Sarah and Abraham. Um, she was Sarah's, the person that helped Sarah just get stuff done. Um, Sarah and Abraham, you know the story. They had been, you know, they'd been um, seeking God for a child. They'd been promised by God that they would have children, that they would have a legacy, and their descendants would be like the stars on the sky and the and the sand on the seashore and. And they're getting old. They're in their 90s. And they're like, oh, I've got to take matters into my own hands. And so, uh, you know, Abraham got with uh, Hagar and Ishmael was born. And that was, wasn't actually, Ishmael was never to be um, the promised son that the legacy um, flowed through. Um, but I want to read this here because 
what I want to say is that we've all arrived to this point in time, and none of us are perfect <laughs> outside of Jesus. We're, uh, you know, we've we've had we've we've maybe we've made a bit of an Ishmael of our life. Maybe we've, you know, we've just it's just like oh flip, I've just done. I've made some mistakes and I haven't just always been faithful with the promises that God has called me to carry and the, pro, you know, the promises he's spoken over me and I haven't always carried this immense heart of love for my family and my, you know, community and I'm just kind of doing the motions of life. And, but, you know, just God meets us wherever we're at. And so here we have this story of, of God actually meeting Hagar. And it says this, the, the child grew and was weaned. So, And on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham ha- held a great feast. But Sarah saw on the, uh, that the son whom Hagar the Egyptian had borne to Abraham was mocking. And she said to Abraham, get rid of that slave woman and her son, for that woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God said to him, do not be so distressed about the boy or your slave woman. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. So Hagar, is she's sent out. She's like, you're gone. You're obviously not the chosen one. You, you get out of here. And this was actually the second time that Hagar... And Ishmael had been rejected from the family. She had actually um, been already cast out when she became pregnant uh, with Ishmael. And, and then there's this beautiful story in Genesis 16 um, about an angel. She's out in the desert and she's just, you know, she's out there by herself. And an angel finds her by a well. And the angel encouraged her. And this was her response to God. She said this. Um, she's, this is an amazing place. She said, she said, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You're the God who sees me. You're the God who sees me as is, where is. Today, he is the God who sees you. He is, what is it, as an El Shaddai? El Roy, sorry, I'm just jumping all around my notes today, I'm sorry. El Roy. He is the guy, and, he, and then she said, for I've now seen the one who sees me. Isn't that amazing? I've now seen the one who sees me, and that is why the well is called Bel Laharoy, the well of the living one who sees me. I've got four wells today, I want to just briefly somehow talk about the first well is the well of the living one who sees us who sees me despite your space despite where you're at there is a well for you to draw from i i i i think um that new zealanders struggle with rejection uh in a way that some other nations don't have to grapple with there's just something that just kind of can send us back into this place of feeling rejected so easily and isolated. And I just want to just drop this for anyone today. If you're feeling rejected or isolated or abandoned or just not good enough, I want to tell you that you've got a good God. He is the God who sees you today. He's the God who sees you where you are at 
today. And, and, and Hagar is like, oh my gosh, he sees me and I'm going to honor this place. I'm going to name it, in fact, after the God who sees me. This is the well of being seen. Let's pick up the story again on the second time that she's cast out in Genesis 21. She said, I will make the son of the slave into a, this is God who says, I will make the son of the slave into a nation also because he is your offspring. Early the next morning, that's amazing, isn't it, as well? You can do anything with a mistake as well. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He sent them out on her shoulders and sent her off with the boy. And she went on her way and wandered off into the desert of Bathsheba. And when the water of the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. And she went off and she sat down by a boat, about a bow shot away because she thought, I don't want to watch the boy die. And as she sat there, she began to sob. God heard the boy crying and an angel of the Lord called Hagar from heaven and said, What's the matter, Hagar? Don't be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up, take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. The God who saw Hagar then opened her eyes to the well of water. God opened her eyes to what she hadn't seen, to what was there. And I'm preaching this word today because a couple of weeks ago in my devotional, I, I read through this passion and, and this, this um, scripture in verse 19, then God opened her eyes and she saw the well of water. It literally jumped off the face, uh, the page and punched me in the face. It was like a God is going to open our eyes to the well of water that is in our midst. And I don't know what kind of well you want to drink from today and that you need to drink from today, but it always starts with this spiritual well. It always starts from drinking in His goodness, in drinking in His love, in drinking in His, you know, in His presence. And He wants to open your eyes to His nearness today. I also believe that God wants to open wells, uh, open our eyes to wells of provision as well, to open our eyes to wells of relationship as well. God is positioning people and, and resources around our lives that we can't see yet, but He wants to open to us. This is a let there be light moment for Hagar. Let your eyes see what I've spoken is there. I love Isaiah 41 verse 18. I will make rivers flow in barren heights and springs within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into spring. You know, the second well is the well that is hidden. The well that is hidden that we drink from and and I love it as she honors God's name in the first well, and that's well of provision that God then opens her eyes to the second well. You know, when Jesus meets the woman at the well, she, she uh, just had her eyes on the natural well, didn't she? <laughs> she comes along, I'm thirsty, I, wanna, I need a drink. And, and, uh, and but Jesus said, hey, 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 no, no, I want to actually compare that. You, you think you're thirsty? You think you're, 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 you're physically physical self is thirsty and he's like no actually 
Your spiritual self is way more thirsty than your physical reality. And he was speaking to this hidden well that was in was within her. The hidden well that was in him and in her, actually. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And I said the well in her because it says here, the water I give them will become in them a spring. Do you know you're meant to have a well, a spring, a place of overflow of the Spirit of God within our very soul, within our very being. And, and you know the story that if spiritual thirst was so quenched actually after receiving from Jesus that she left her water jar behind and ran off to start the overflow of that well that was within her to her community. You know, back in the, um, the 70s and the 80s, the New Life Church movement was an epic church planting, well digging, Holy Spirit revival move of God. I want to remind you today that you've got good roots. This is a New Life Church. <laughs> and I just want to honor that. I want to honor Peter Morrow and what they leaned into and what they prayed for and what they saw in the outpouring of the the move of the Spirit, and actually a couple of weeks ago, I, you know, there are pastors and leaders all around Christchurch that, you know, aren't necessarily in New Life churches, but they were affected and marked in the, what God was doing through this movement. I actually, I met up with Mike Dodge. Um, if you don't know Mike, uh, he has uh, been a leader of the Canterbury Youth Workers uh, for the last 30 plus years, runs Easter camp year on year, and um, he just reminded me that he was saved in new life and that he was discipled by a man called Steve King who, is in a, who uh, led a church in Nelson for a number of years. And I was like, man, that is, you know, these incredible people are marked by the flow of the Spirit of God. Come on. I hear that. <laughs> I just want to be stirred to be a part of a church family that is hungry to draw from the rivers of living water. And I love church and I love, you know, I don't like rostering. Um, that's why we have Kerry and, and Becca. They do a beautiful job and the function and the structure and all the, you know, the bells and whistles and the rows and the chairs and all that stuff that has to be put out. And, and we've got, you know, we've got stuff happening. But if that isn't, if the structure isn't facilitating the life of the body, then it's just a structure, like the bones are to our body. This church is called to come alive <laughs> in a greater way. And I'm not getting on anyone's case here because I think you're beautiful people, all right? But I just, I, I just, I, there's more. There is more. There is more. Jesus said this in John 7, 38. He said, The one who believes in me, as the Scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. His innermost being, the Greek word is koilea, and this is the same word that is used for womb. 
Men, do you know that you have a womb? You have a spiritual birthing place. You have a place, we all have a place, a womb in our lives that the Spirit of God inhabits and from that place flow the rivers. Flow the rivers of life. And I think that, um, you know, receiving this kind of, you know, this kind of language even, this kind of the Holy Spirit, it starts with this simple childlike faith of believing what Jesus said is true about you. Whoever believes in me, whoever believes that Jesus would so want to meet you today as is, where is, whether you're feeling rejected, whether you have been rejected, whether you've rejected yourself, wherever you're at, whether you're feeling great about life, you know, whether you're like, I'm just, I'm just winning. <laughs> you know, but we can't fill our wells with other stuff. We need the well of life to flow within us. I want to encourage you to step into the river today. You know, unbelief would just say, that's not me. That's, I'm a, I'm a what am I? I'm a traditionalist. I'm an introvert. I'm a, um, I've just come to this church. You guys are already getting a bit weird. Uh, <laughs> but unbelief, you know, that won't stop you from identifying the well, but unbelief will keep you from receiving from the well because there's nothing that you have to do to earn the well. There's nothing that you have to do other than receive and believe that Jesus loves you, <laughs> that the Father's created you, that you're a part of His family, that you belong to Him, that you are, that He's the vine and you're the branches. And if we remain in Him, He'll remain, you know, He remains in us. And In uh, Genesis 26, the Philistines, these guys were the baddies, right? They plugged up the wells to stop Abraham, um, Abraham's well from sustaining his son, Isaac. But it says in verse 18 that Isaac, Isaac reopened the wells that he'd been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up. You know... Um, just a, a couple of thoughts here that an unguarded well gives access to the enemy. And, and the third thought on a well today, that it, a well is to be guarded and a well is to remain open. Our innermost being needs to be guarded. Watch over your heart with all diligence from out of it flow the springs of life after Isaac opened the wells he went and dug three new wells well 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 
The fourth well, the fourth thought of the wells is the well to dig. The well to dig. And I just believe it's time to open up, open up wells, open up the wells of worship, worship like we've never worshipped. just to open up wells of friendship with God like we've never opened up. I want to say, you know, open up prayer, but that sounds so religious. I do want you to, I, I, you know, we've got to open the well of prayer, but I think first we've got to open the well of friendship and belonging to the Father. Because if we're just praying out of religion, we're just, we're not in sync with what He's saying and what He's calling us to pray into and to belong with and belong to as we pray. 